0: Keep your distance, it's what you
1: best. Hey, what's up? It's Mr. Bill. Welcome to the Mr. Bill podcast. Today, my guest is Bill Ain, legendary drum and bass producer from Bosnia, uh, who's done remixes for Cohen Sound and appeared on Ausler and whatnot. He also does a bunch of like film and AV work and whatnot, and we'll get to that in the interview. Uh, but first, I wanted to shill some crap. First of all, this Friday, I am opening the vault on Bandcamp and putting my entire discography there to take advantage of the fee-free day. Basically, Bandcamp is not charging any fees for whatever day, Friday. I think it's the 5th of June or something like that um and so to celebrate that uh, i'm putting every single album of mine basically basically my entire discography up just for that day Um, which means if you go there and buy my entire discography on that day, so you'll have all my music, all of the proceeds, or as much as possible will come to me, I think minus the PayPal fee or whatever. So I'm doing that. Uh, Secondly, please keep posting your Patreon subscription perk recommendations to my Facebook group, uh, The Belegal Immigrants, and on my Discord server. If you're not already in the Discord server, uh, there's a bunch of meme shit happening there. It's pretty funny. Link to that will be in the episode description. And last but not least, if you want to become a better producer, sign up to become a hardcore able to near at Tunes. This is where you can get access to all four seasons of The Artemis Bill. you can get all my project files, sample packs, and years and years worth of tutorials. Uh, it's a pretty sick bang for your buck, basically you pay 15 bucks uh, a month and you get access to pretty much fucking everything I've done, which is, in my opinion, a pretty insane deal and I wish it existed when I started producing. So, with that said, let's get to the interview. Enjoy. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast.
0: Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you are listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast.
1: Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast.
0: Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast.
1: well thanks for doing the podcast man i appreciate it
0: oh cheers man thanks for having me
1: yeah of course um have you done many recorded interviews before
0: probably one two tops i don't really recall like recording too much of this stuff um i don't know why like never had a maybe never had a time to do it so yeah, fair enough. It's a different
1: thing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's too much time now. It's like <laughs> everyone has any any skill anyone has ever wanted to learn. Now's the exact time to do it.
0: Oh, man. Don't get me started there. <laughs> I, oh, wow.
1: Um, yeah, what, what have you been like doing since all of this coronavirus stuff started?
0: Well, first thing I realized is um, this is going to um, shape my lack of, like, some some lacks of discipline here and there, uh, which made me realize that, like, I have to kind of have some type of, like, be organized more and kind of have a schedule of things I want to do every day. Uh, I was experimenting even with the schedules. Um, The outcomes of these things are really, like, I don't know, like, everything... I thought about I should do uh, I focus on things that like when you finish them it's not just like a hobby or something you know, like it's something useful actually, so organizing making some templates that I can use on trillions of tracks like and then like plug in uh chains um doing some like extra assets for logo creations um making some kind of illustrations and then also of course i I was more focused on on the album since now we have more time than usual so i was all over that um and as you know like it always have kind of more stuff to it so like all of these things that i learned on a side like actually are also like something that i'm hoping that i can use to implement somewhere on the long run so it was quite useful to be honest
1: yeah i mean i've been finding the same the first few few weeks of this whole whole thing um of like the sort of global pandemic shutdown i was sort of just like trying to go about my life as i normally would but it just wasn't working and i had to do similar things i had to sort of like implement (coughs) um like organize it like more structure to my life with with like to-do lists and gcal and um, stuff like that otherwise I just found I wasn't getting <clears throat> a lot of stuff done but yeah I agree I think I'm um, like having structure to your life when all you have is like your own company and and stuff like that is pretty useful are you um do you live by yourself or do you live with like housemates or something
0: I actually live all by myself and um, therefore I like had to kind of find ways to also like have some kind of office feel to it with a few friends of mine over the internet. So we literally would actually have an open video line or whatever, like, and like, he's going to work on his stuff. I'm going to work on my stuff where we're doing some kind of a design and stuff. And like, we will just curse at random times when something crashes and shit. Like, (laughs) you know, like it's interesting to see that like this type of creative, I don't know. Like, I mean, um, on one point, it's really good because like most of the time you're going to be focused on what you're doing, but when you're not doing that and when you're trying to kind of do something else, like you need to change the the environment since you can't change the environment in the studio, you need to like find some kind of hacks and one of the hacks was just like with, to work with people over the video, like each to it at their own and stuff like that.
1: Uh, so, so, you find like if you have somebody else sort of just working on their stuff on video on a separate screen when you're working? Yeah, we were working
0: on on on, on 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 that label of mine, like uh, Metname. Name, and 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 like I was working one particular thing, like either like with sound design and stuff like that. At the same time, like jo- George in New Zealand, like he was working on a on the. On the compositing, like of the video and stuff, so like it would it would be as a very a very virtual way to like just be in a kind of a hub, which is in in the direction of the same goal, and uh, that was the longest kind of sessions like that we actually had that I had with someone. Everything else was like VR most of the time.
1: Right, man. Speaking of VR, I just got a a quest. Have you yeah. messed around with those much?
0: Oh man. Uh well, good luck, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did some like roller coaster simulators, and I did um. The, there's this thing called Richie's Plank Experience where you walk off the top of a building. Oh,
0: the 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 the, the uh, fear of height thing, like uh, all all different yeah. kind of uh, simulations of like underwater or on the top building and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. Um, Pretty scary stuff. It's weird because the graphics are not good. Like the graphics are fucking terrible, but for some reason, if you just cover your entire peripheral vision in this different like realm, even if the graphics are not good, your brain still believes that it's sort of true. Yeah. yeah. So, for instance, like um, with Richie's plank experience, it's like I don't know, like eight bit graphics almost. Like not not quite eight bit, but it's like it's pretty shitty graphics. Like it's mid two thousands PlayStation graphics but you're sort of standing on the top of this building and because you can see the entire scope of the city and like helicopters flying past you and stuff, like there's, a, there's enough signals going into your brain, telling your brain that this is a real situation. Yeah, it's and, really funny. You know,
0: like your brain still kind of finds some kind of excuse that that's a real thing on, on the top of the building. Or even if in the, in the early stages, like you can still see like uh, the impact of it. And with each next year, like, with the new technology and the new, like, headsets, I got the Vive. And Vive was, like, oh, it was quite a big experience for me. Before, before that, I had the, uh, the, what was that? Like, um, Galaxy something?
1: Oh, uh, uh, you mean uh, Gear,
0: Gear VR? Gear VR, yeah, for Galaxy yeah, yeah. Uh, phones. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I was pixelated as fuck. But still, I mean... The, just the way you said it, like it was like your brain was pretty nicely tricked.
1: Yeah, I had a Gear VR um, for a while as well, and yeah, it's cool. I mean, it works, but yeah, it's definitely the Quest is a lot nicer. I've heard um, so there's this thing you can do with the Quest uh, called Link, where you can actually plug in a cable from your graphics card oh, yeah, on yeah. your computer, and and it turns your Quest into a Rift. Um which is pretty cool so I mean that's a cool hack for anyone who's wanting to get into VR you can buy a, a Quest for like half the price and then buy a $30 cable and it turns your Quest into a Rift if you have a gaming PC that is
0: I think this is going in the direction of wi- wireless mouses like you can you, like you, you're going to use it like as a Wi-Fi device like uh, and every time you need a charge you're gonna tether it, and you're still gonna use it on a PC. And like when it's once it's charged, you're still gonna dis- disconnect it and it's, it's move around and stuff. I mean that is right. probably the ultimate goal, but like they have limitations for batteries and the way how how the latency is gonna go with like. But they have the chipset for Wi-Fi that I noticed. And they just need to, I think they're racing in between themselves. Um, HTC is probably gonna put another headset that is probably gonna be a next step thing because, like, either them or Valve is gonna do something, maybe Index 2, but they still have to sell a lot of units to be like, uh, not to be like crazy like AMD was doing with CPUs, just like killing their own. Um, I, I, I hate that it's a waiting game. like uh, somebody puts something out and they're like we, they already have it in stock like ready to like reply the fire. Um, and we're still at this stage. Uh, if it wasn't for that, like we would see a lot of products coming earlier every year um, mm. without waiting. Yeah, That's
1: a good point. Yeah so um, <laughs> with this thing that you can do with the with the quest where you plug it into your computer with the link and, and essentially turn it into a rift, you can actually control your computer with it and I was doing that yesterday so I was able to be in in my quest holding my two um, joystick controller things like pressing buttons like on my computer I was able Mm. to open Ableton and like turn some faders up and down and stuff but yeah you're right like the latency was super bad and um, and the ability to like grab and touch things was pretty bad but I can see if that technology gets a little better and they sort of integrate better with a computer that, yeah, could maybe go in the in the direction of being another peripheral that you could control your computer with. But do you remember in the early days of MIDI controllers, mm-hmm. there used to be this issue in Ableton. Like, you know, I don't know if you ever had like one of those really early, early MIDI controllers, like a like a Novation 25 key thing or whatever. I, I know what when, you're talking
0: about. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and you, I don't know if you had this issue in Fruity Loops, but you would turn one of the knobs on the controller and the parameter that you were controlling would just like jump to 100% and yes. then jump yeah, back yeah, down I to 0%. That. I remember
0: that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Yes. That was a big thing. So that's, <laughs> dude, it was like a huge thing in Ableton. Yeah, yeah. and, and I'm sure, like, I think it was an issue with the MIDI controller itself mm. rather than the actual um, I agree. I, 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 re,
0: I do remember uh, I had borrowed some devices over the time.
1: From France. Yeah, and so, I remember so there was
0: some some that actually had that the same effect, if I may recall, even if FL Studio.
1: Right. So u- using the quest in uh, in as as my controller for my computer, it was it was similar to that. Like grabbing grabbing things, the parameter would just jump to hundred percent and then jump back down to zero percent and so on and so forth. It was like just that kind of resolution that you would get with a shitty old MIDI controller, but with VR? <laughs> I,
0: you know, I tried that uh, virtual desktop and I actually tried making a few tracks in it. Um, like, the good good side of it, like, yeah, you got an extra screen and you got a huge screen and you can, like, extend, pl- put plugins on a side and you're literally, like, then surrounded in, in, uh, like, in something that is, you know... Easy to say, like five screens around you uh, with different stuff. So then you realize you you don't need to have a huge like screen in real world. But actually, uh, you would think, like logically, you would think like it's faster workflow, but it's actually slower a bit. Because your neck is just going wild in all directions.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're kind of limited by your own human biology, you're like, like your ability. In like is... cockpit,
0: like you need. You need to, you're active like a pilot or something like that. And I'm like, okay, this is weird, <laughs> especially because mouse is now almost in a spherical movement of dimension, just to mm. like reach all the stuff, and you, you're trying to remember where your keyboard is because you don't see that one.
1: Well, also. Um your computer screen, like, when you're using a computer, the computer screen and the surface in which you, like, grab everything and whatnot is a 2D surface. Um, Mm. So you really only need a 2D peripheral that is a one-to-one mapping to that, right? Like, it doesn't need to be 3D, which is what VR is. And then that kind of makes it a little bit slower because then you have to, like, reach into that 2D surface to click on things and whatnot versus with a mouse you're already just on that 2d surface all the time
0: i mean the production itself it's obvious like if it's gonna the best ar that can happen to a music production is like when you have um plugins that are actually like floating over your keyboard like right behind your keyboard somewhere on a side wherever you put it like in a in a, in a on a table and like that and you still see the physical world, I mean, those things would be amazing to have um, because now then you wouldn't have to like have it all attached to the screen. It's like a one screen and AR detachable plugins around the screen would be an amazing thing to actually have. But like we're pretty much far from AR more than VR, like AR had the bigger dust, like and all the PR and everything, and it just went out like nothing happened. Major in terms of breakthrough. I mean, like you had the Hololens, you had this, you had, you had Motion Leap. Like was it motion magically? Motion, oh magi- yeah, m- magically magic with, with like yeah, the, ha- I, the hand thing. Um, yeah. Like one of those two <laughs> is um, is a uh, was supposed to be like the the the, the most
1: craziest AR breakthrough. Wait, hold on, hold on. I think it's called Leap Motion. Let me Google it. Uh, yeah, tracking, Leap Motion Controller, someone you're talking about, the one that tracks your hand, right?
0: Oh, that's the hand-trackable thing, but the AR yeah. stuff was probably called uh, uh, Magic Leap, I think.
1: Right, so you're saying, like, you think that's the direction in which peripherals for, for computers will go?
0: Well, ideally, I mean, you already have... Kind of like a, a peak of weird, like the, the uh, when you see the screens are weirding out, like in terms of curvatures and extensions and elongations that are non-logical, but then they make sense eventually. Or then you realize that someone's gonna like there's there's a, already a, like a bottlenecking of the inventions, like for the screens, and like somebody somebody needs to step up with some kind of new thing. Whether it's like a modular screen system that is like a, I don't know, you make the size of your screen, like, you know, like LED LED blocks that you just like start putting together, like the way you put things in the background on the festivals, like the big LED panels. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that, that is really high resolution. Or you go into AR. And yeah, that would be amazing, basically. But yeah. And what,
1: what? problem what problem do you think it would solve um, to have either AR or a modular screen like what don't what what can't we do right now with computers and well, what don't we, we have yeah. and, and like what's the
0: we always we're always bottlenecking our uh, screens like you you can see that like obviously like the bigger the project is like the just the mess this sheer mess like in the demands that you have to memorize a lot of stuff via colors uh, groups, uh, types, and stuff. And thank God for scrolling up and down for so long, and, and realizing that you have like 8 100 channels, and like then re- <laughs> thinking about bounces and stuff like that. And one third of that problem is has to do with uh, overall, like how the screen can kind of fit all of these and demanding interfaces like plugins that you want to or don't want to close or you want to monitor then you have to have like extension of the monitors and the stuff on the side it gives you like analysis on the side so you can like watch the signal actively the more you do like stuff with sound design the more you like involved into like either like movie industry game stuff like if we start you start kind of being a very harsh on yourself like literally uh, over analyzing stuff and just like just getting to know that th- thing and like having many things open in one process because like many of these clients or 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 ideas you can you need to revisit them and you you mustn't have them and on or stuff like that so you'd have to have them as like one huge project right so yeah that's quite demanding in terms of like screen sizes or, or project sizes I mean everything
1: yeah for sure no I, I agree yeah, I think screen real estate has always been kind of an issue I guess another bottleneck in music production is sort of like uh, your processing power hence why you would have you know say like sound design sessions on one day and then writing sessions on another day, right? It's because you just physically couldn't have all of the bass sounds and stuff with all of the processing on it running at the same time in one session as you would need in a single track to make one of your tracks or one of my tracks, depending on the style that I'm making or whatever, right? Um, so it seems like we've, we're sort of already developing these these ways of getting around these bottlenecks. Um, but, yeah, do you think, like, in an ideal world, <laughs> if you had unlimited processing power, unlimited screen real estate, uh, and just all of, like, there was no bottlenecks, then the bottleneck sort of becomes you, right? And your ability yes, to exactly. think. Yes, exactly. Like, and you physically, so you, you, st-
0: you, you, s- you manifest the same bottlenecks in terms of, like, oh, I got, like, uh, everything, like, unlocked, basically, but then creative blockade Jumps in and gets you there, and you're like, Okay, so yeah, I got all the power, but like, I need to go out for a sec. Like,
1: (laughs) you know, yeah, or, um, I mean, going back to the analogy or the example of, um, doing sound design sessions on one day and writing sessions on another day, it's maybe just because our mental processing power is not that great. So it's kind of like you need to sort of disperse your energy or, um, you know, oh, right, uh, Uh, evenly divide divide your uh, you, the amount of attention that you can pay to something over a series of days, right? Oh,
0: certainly. Like, I just got back from, like, m- bike uh, bike driving and stuff. Like, so... But here's the thing. Like, I, I, I've noticed the same pattern. For example, I've... I watched uh, Masi Kusera, uh Machi Kuchiarach. It's He's a cool artist. Like, he, he talked with his friend, Ash Torp. In terms of, like, what Ashtore told, like, if you have more projects and they're in the same direction somehow, synesthetically, visually versus like, like audio wise and stuff, I found myself like easy to switch to actually like just making a full silent studio and start drawing. Like, it really helps me to rest from the other thing, but still being productive. Uh, and I feel like It's good actually to have some extra like effort on a side to like either to learn it or or, like whatever it is, like not just like graphic design or illustration, maybe like language uh, to learn language in the process or like um, something like totally, totally opposite. But yeah, I mean, this is a really good thing because like we're in this actual environment and I actually started drawing even more, and I got back to like some serious stuff that I always wanted to do just because of this, um, but even that of course, like when when, you're, when your head is full, when your ears are full of sounds, and when your eyes are full of these lines, like you still have to do something with yourself and I lacked quite a lot of uh, activity because all of this is just sitting in the studio. So I decided to have a bike after two decades of not driving it. Like, it's crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually do the same thing. I have a bike and I try and ride it a few times a week. But um, the other day when I was riding back into my garage, I ran over a fucking screw and ah. burst my tire. So I need to go get it fixed. But yeah, I agree. I think like the the, um, the benefits of going outside can't be like overstated enough like for instance um i used to always think like oh i need to just stay in the studio for eight hours a day and just work for those eight hours and then i'll go outside but i actually found it's more productive to work for like two hours and then go outside and then work for like you know two or three more hours and then go outside again and then work for like two or three more hours and then go outside again right and i find um like the amount of work that i will get done in each sort of two-hour block that's true. is yeah. a lot a lot more than i would have gotten done if i had not have taken a break between the preceding two-hour block and the previous yeah exactly you know like it's these shorts kind of like it yeah reinvigorate it's like you know if you go into the studio i don't know if you have this experience too but like if I have, if I go to sleep and then I wake up the next morning and I go into the studio, I'll get more work done probably in the first like thirty minutes or sixty minutes that I'm working than I will over the next seven hours.
0: Going outside is like a way of a kind of a brain power nap. Like you literally go into a state of, uh, kind of just listening to leaves. Literally, that's what happened to me today. I was just like going through a line, riding a bike, there was just like leaves, that like nature white noise, which is like really in a perfect, like, I don't know, frequency range for me, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is good, this is some good noise, and (laughs) just got back, like, lots of ideas, I mean, that's, that's so true.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think um, it's uh, it's hard to sometimes see the logic there because you're like, well, if I'm not working, I'm not getting anything done. But it's sort of like by going outside and giving yourself a break or by just doing something else that um, it's sort of complementary to the writing process. And it's almost like an, an investment of time, right? It's like, I'm going to invest 30 minutes into going for like a quick walk. But that 30-minute investment might equal more work on the other side. Um and this sort of all comes back to an overarching point that just keeps coming up in the podcast which is that so much of our self-worth is based off productivity right like how much work you get done is sort of almost like directly correlated in my at least my experience to how good I feel so it's like going outside it's like going outside makes me feel good but really the thing that makes me feel good is i come home and and i'm able to do more work it it still feels like looking at this
0: your studio but at the great distance of one kilometer (laughs) it's just like it's like it's like a weird zoom out so you can see a whole picture and then you cut back like oh i see and you get back into the studio and you're like okay now i know what to do it's a weird one. It's it's really zooming out in a way.
1: What's it like um, riding around Bosnia? By the way,
0: there's so many mountains, so many hills, uh, and like it's quite a attraction for people with like f- who are in love with mountain bikes. Uh, so once I get a, like some decent stamina back, I would like to try like some trails and 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 and, and like a bit off road like roughness and stuff like that. So, but yeah, you need to like. I mean, this is a Quite a project, like, I mean, I, I was like, Oh, I want a bike, like, nice. Now, what? Well, now you need to have like gloves because, like, you're gonna have like a lot of like, um, um, you're gonna have really hard hands, like, and and and, and injuries, and then you're gonna have. Then you're going to have, like, you need to have a bag, of course. Then you need to have, like, a holder for a drink. Then you need to have, like, a, a little tool that has all all the uh, keys for different screws on a bike. Then you need to have a pump just in case. Then you hear, like, oh, my God. Like, if you go off-road, you need to be literally almost, like, ready to camp with your bike, you know, in certain ways. So, like, yeah, I mean, I'm just getting into it and like I didn't I like if you asked me this a week ago I would I would say like I crazy like I don't really drive a bike and now look at me like I'm just going wild every day every single day it's just like huge pain in the muscles <laughs> so yeah it's quite a relief for me to be honest
1: yeah I should actually get a mountain bike to be honest I have a um an e-bike and I ride that around a lot but it's essentially I don't know somewhere between a bicycle and a motorbike because it's it got an electric engine attached to it um which i kind of find fun it was pretty funny the other day i was riding around san francisco and some like guy he ca- kind of came up while i was riding my bike i was just sort of riding it very slowly through a um through like an alleyway and some guy stopped me and he he sort of pompously asked me like do you even get a workout on that thing <laughs> and i was like <laughs> yeah and I know. was like uh yeah i said uh no no man if if you want to get a workout you shouldn't buy this bike to be honest <laughs> i was uh i was i was in this
0: similar situation i was like uh i was just like standing on a traffic light near the bike big bike lane where everybody drives the other day and um there was this guy with this like what do you call these like two wheelers like you stand on them. it's electrical like has a
1: you're not talking about the one wheelers right Like the one-wheel skateboards?
0: Perhaps, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's... Like the the electrical ones. And like there's there's three, four bike guys. They were like, like hope you get a good workout with that. Like just telling to this kid who was driving it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think you're totally missing the point of like why you buy a vehicle like that. It's, you know, like you get these people on mountain bikes and stuff like that. um, And sure, like some of them, some of the people on road bikes and some of the people on mountain bikes could probably... Outpace me even on an e-bike just because they're so fit and they're just so good at riding and their bikes are just so well tuned to the to the environment in which they ride it and there's no like Mm -hmm. energy loss at all between like their pedaling and Mm -hmm. how fast Mm -hmm. they go and all of that kind of stuff right but ninety nine percent of the time anyone on an e-bike is gonna be able to go way faster than anyone on a normal no 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 that's that's yeah I got the point that's why I also thought
0: about having it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could just go further and whatnot, but yeah, I mean, you don't buy an e-bike to get a workout for sure.
0: (laughs) No e-bike, e-bike. Like ideally, it would be something cool that you can get, like a modular thing on an e-bike and stuff, like on a on a mountain bike, mountain bike and stuff. Like so, you can just like just put it on. Like I saw some things on the on the Kickstarter, people making like these modular systems for for like create that can convert your mountain bike to e-bike and stuff like that so i was mm. i was really interesting into that because for obviously for the same reasons like like i got all the same like ideas about like why should i have it like because of greater distance and quicker speed and um, longer drives and like uh, uphill easiness and stuff like that on the longer periods of course i'm not gonna I can't flex like 60 kilometers uphill the way e-bike can and stuff like that, obviously. So, right, right. So, and that's but,
1: the thing, uh, on, on an e-bike, even if, if you're going up a hill, it's still work. Like you still need to be sort of pedaling to get up there because the engine itself, a lot of hills, mm, especially, like mm. I live in San Francisco, which has crazy amounts of hills. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. quite often if you're trying to get up a hill using nothing but the throttle, it actually won't work. So you need to put it in mm. still a low gear and then use pedal assist and stuff and then yeah cuz the bike itself is really fucking heavy
0: that's true like i saw some of them like they're quite bulky like in the uh, especially like the, the batteries are still quite quite big to be honest
1: like oh like, the like the batteries gear. the battery itself is super heavy yeah
0: i've seen a lot of like these new uh they like these new uh what was the name of it there was one that i just saw today and on the side, is it was it just rad? it was just saying it was just called Mate, and I was like, "What? What the hell is that?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I really want to check that awesome. out. Like
0: Mate e bike, like, and it really looked like some kind of cyberpunkish, like, cool little bike. Um,
1: they were. Have you seen say, the Rad Rovers?
0: Uh I saw this. I saw this company that has like a, like five of them or three.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a, so. There's this company called um, called Rad bikes or something like that mm-hmm. and um yeah they make one called a rad rover and that's the that's the one that i've got
0: Ah, uh, this is exactly what i what i just what popped out on, on my phone when i ran through that yeah i see
1: nice yeah those bikes are sick man uh, i'm a big fan so when i was looking for bikes i was just sort of like looking around a bunch of different prices and stuff like that um and yeah it's like 1500 bucks for like a fully powered bike, I was like, how can I go wrong with that?
0: Yeah, that's a good price
1: actually. Like that's
0: a crazy good price. I mean they go only upwards, like from from lines in terms of like two to three thousand. I
1: Yeah, exactly. Well that's it, yeah, you can get like mountain bikes that are just made out of like carbon fiber material and stuff. And it's like the frame Really what you pay for in a bike that's made out of like these crazy carbon fiber materials and these really lightweight pedals and like uh, and like really sturdy frames but are really light and there's really less of the frame but you pay more for it because the engineering is more difficult or something.
0: Uh, do you think we're living in a um, – so we have metal – Stone era, metal era. I guess we're living in a plastic era. But like, I think at one point maybe we're gonna live in carbon era, like carbon fiber, <laughs> when everything's gonna be like really. Kind well, of I think tight really now. we're living,
1: we're living in a digital era. Really, like the ability. Yeah, you the, can't really pinpoint
0: which era it is. It's just everything a bit, like from each side. Well it's,
1: well, it's no longer materialistic. I think. I think at this point we're we're dealing with data, right? Like yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah, like like Facebook, right? They're not a social media company; they're a data hoarding company, and they sell that data to advertisers. You know that that's that's the era that we live in. I think
0: the thing is the thing is like uh, how how quickly developed as a as a data hoarding, and how quickly the AI actually is on the forefront of the data storage, and how it groups it and regroups uh, based on the category of it. Uh, For example, you have a lot of uh, artists. Artistic like uh, pages that actually just post art everywhere, mm-hmm. and then you have like um, and 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 it's really unlocked because of the organics. And it's interesting that like that kind of content is unlocked, but but YouTube or like some other type of formats are locked. And so you like obviously now can follow how like what is like what is the prime. Um, interest of, of hoarding data, like of set different companies, like, like Instagram got bought because people want to, like the AI there is in charge to learn everything about the images you post. Uh, so if you post flowers and you put hashtag flowers, AI is like, oh, that's flowers, because he wrote hashtag flowers. It's crazy like how quickly this oh, technology man, AI, is going
1: oh the ai can do way more than that at this point like they mm. can tell um where you hover your mouse on the page for certain amounts of time like just based on your inherent activity and how you're interacting with the website and the page they can tell almost everything um like a lot more uh, information apparently comes from this extren- extenuous stuff like um Uh, like where your mouse is on the page, how long it takes you to scroll. They can probably tell like how much coffee you've had by how fast you're scrolling and clicking. And like they can probably tell if you're sick by how slow you're doing it or something. Like they can tell, um, I think when you're on Facebook, they can tell like other pages that you're on, like on other tabs and like what you're doing there and all of that kind of stuff. And they can take all of that data and actually extrapolate a shitload more information than you would think at, at a pretty alarming accuracy.
0: It's it's interesting to see like the based on musical data, for example, they already made a, it was funny to listen to this. Um uh, AI was like was given just uh, one third of the song of like Rick Roll Stand By Me. And he, like AI next task was to actually to predict how the song is gonna develop. And they have like five iterations. They you can find that on YouTube. And like, oh my God! Like, look at that! Like, <laughs> it's like a ghost producer, like trying to sort out like um, a, a, a stem that never got exported for fully in some way, but still like sounding very bashed and psychoacoustically low, lowered on a rate because like it's just <laughs> like a noise predictive kind of system. But like right, right. being able to see the first iterations of um, of songs of certain genre being able to f- like have something that's almost finished just like that like constant 24-7 metal the death metal music like ai that, w- that was so cool to listen to
1: yeah totally um speaking of which like ai and, and stuff like that it seems like you um like you have a bunch of animation series and stuff like that so mm. I, I wouldn't mind talking about that a little bit like what you're trying to do there and how you're doing it and- mm all of that kind of stuff because it seems like every, every um, couple of months you're releasing like some new music and you're always like accompanying the music with these animations that seem to be telling this somewhat continuous storyline um, and it's always sort of in the same style and branding and, and stuff like that so I'd, I'd like to talk about that a bit of just like what it is that you're trying to tell through the story but also like the technical side of it like how you're actually making these animations happen and sort of like what the process is like for all of that since since I was
0: into both drawing and music, like uh, I I couldn't let one, I couldn't let one go and just proceed with the other one, like and and vice versa. So like, I, it was kind of a natural combination for me it was, since I was a kid. Um, for like for the longest of time, like I I had problem to actually find out what it what would be the best way to actually translate that and not how to describe it. Where also some key points were like if you're if you're pushing this obviously you're going to you need to take in 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 understand that like maybe it's not going to be a, a a a thing that you can push enough and have like a, a some kind of a career out of it or 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 like maybe maybe it's just going to be keep like small passion projects or like all take by taking all of that in like in in, in in in, focus and just like it was quite a struggle to actually like uh do it but like i think it just started with artworks and and then just you know like uh step by step like in or layer by layer i think it kind of started developing into some kind of protagonists and their stories um they they the The storyline were was always described as in something like you could expect to have like as a comic. I think that was the most simplest m- moment, but it was really effective and then from that we started just animating like two d and any uh chase at that time was just like at his top of craziness, like with this like different stuff. And we just kind of like, I I showed him some like sketches and he was like, oh yeah, I can do that. I can just make it this, in this way or that way. So he started animating it. And like when he animated some of the drafts, he was like, this is nice. Uh, It can be a lace loop. And I was like, oh no, like it can be even more. And it kept growing over it. And like, because like I took that loop and I just said like, it's not going to be a loop. Let, Let me try to, make a storyline out of it so it's 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 very long like process and most of the time you're like you look like you're disappearing each year in between releases like and, and 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 just like not really be people don't know what you're doing and like and then you just come up with this and you're like what the hell like when did you do this and like you know but it's it's a as, as much as it's a good thing like I mean the, the music industry is quite fast and it's really hard to catch up and say like oh I've been busy for the past year with one release while, while the others are just like doing like 50 releases and shit so um, both I, I think both ways are good um,
1: but yeah, yeah like, there's I'm, this pressure to like constantly be on social media making posts telling people what you're up to and all of this stuff Um, but but it's kind of short-sighted i think because what happens if you have that pressure on you constantly you're always making these really small pieces of work whereas if you don't have that pressure on you you can comfortably go away for a few years at a time like say somebody like tipper Mm. um, and then he just comes back with this large body of work like a really fucking well-produced album that took him like 10 years to produce or something like that and it and it almost seems like that stuff um it like ages better right like you look at it 10 years down the track and you don't go like, oh, that was clearly something that was made in an afternoon to get a social media reaction. But rather you look at it as like, wow, this is like some really well-produced, really high-quality piece of work that somebody has spent a lot of time on that captures like a large snapshot of their uh, feelings about music and, and art. over the- But
0: here's my point, like... Like for example, I'm not afraid of working. Like I'm not like not not afraid at all. But like I'm not really kind of uh, concerned about working long on big projects. I'm more concerned about attention span. For example, that trending game was like pipe, hype, pipe, 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 pipe. It came out like now it's gone. So everybody's like, oh look at this! This is new shiny little thing. Uh, it's cool. It has five lights and sounds like cool and it's like wow you know like it's, it's 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 the attention span like we can't the, the industry needs to educate listeners obviously and so far we've been nothing like the, the 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 majority has been doing nothing but propagating efficiency and speed and 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 it wasn't doing the the, the opposite like many people that I actually do respect, are still pushing like the, the 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 obvious as you said like uh, the importance of uh, investing your time into something to make it look good to make it like uh, a huge interesting impressive project you can feel it you can see it from all sides and see it like how crazy it was crafted and to what extent but on the other side like you still need to have like this, of awareness of whether labels and uh, publishers and that like you can't just run this on a conveyor belt um, with everything else and and says that it's like everything else it's it's different and people need to be aware of that and 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 there's not enough like um, awareness uh, like in that area to, to uh, which is unfortunate in some way but like uh, thankfully to, like people just like you said um, um, there is there is at least there is that decent level of people when, when they say like I don't know you know like oh, new Blade Runner is really slow and, and it's flow paced and stuff but wait like you have you have the alternative you have like everything happens at 50 explosions in a second but Michael Bay pace you know on the other side that's one that kind of a parallel when I want to kind of explain how also the industry works you have this like constant explosions where people feel want to be a part of the amusement park and there's the narrative side and they always kind of clash it's like like oh this is boring no it's not it's 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 crafted crazy on crazy level and it's just not full of explosions you know
1: (laughs) well also you have to accept i think that some people um, don't want to win. It's taste preference as well yeah but yeah it's that but also um, I think some pieces of art take a minute like it takes a little bit of work from the person listening or watching to also enjoy it as well like a good example is um I don't know, like maybe a Martin Scorsese movie or maybe like a Quentin Tarantino movie or something, right? It's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. It, it takes like 30 minutes before the movie is like really going. Yeah. So yep. that takes 30, 30, 30 to 40 minutes of you investing your time and effort to really see why something is good. Mm. And then it really doesn't become good, especially in those guys' movies until like the last 10 minutes of the movie <laughs> because that's when they start throwing in all of these plot twists and stuff, right? Yeah. So it really takes like a lot of investment from the from the watcher of the movie to understand why it's good and i think a lot of people just don't want to invest that kind of time and effort into something like music or, or films and they just want to be able to look at something for two seconds get a quick laugh out of it and then, or a quick little thing of like oh that was kind of cool and then move on there's also
0: like uh, yeah and the other tools would be just the element of surprise and the element of shock mm. you had that with like different type of like people playing around with the whether it would be like short films by Neil Blomkamp uh, with like the old studios, or you have like a um, crazy f- level of violence in some like uh, something that escalates really quickly, or like Love, Death and Robots, or you have, or you have that uh, uh, if you try that with a band, like you see, like everybody's trying, like to do something very shocking like or like sexually really kind of disturbing or like antwardish stuff, you know? Like so like you have many different effects like if you want to like kind of create this time like actually everything is just based focused on to have like to get the attention span. So everybody's thinking the best formula for the attention span is not to tackle the attention span, rather to just feed it constantly, like twenty four seven, with the short clips, like it's. So to like tackle that is quite a challenge, and you like basically end up investing a lot of time, like building up your name, um, and 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 trying to eliminate failures as much as possible in every single direction with every single release and creating it like consistent uh and i mean yeah it's a longer route but it's more rewarding at the end i mean like that's something like uh, how paul like not paul Verón, uh dennis villeneuve was actually building his career for example he was like okay yeah but let me try to do it a little bit different and like you have sicario not many action happens at all and for the 20 minutes and then you have like one part of the action for 30 seconds and you're like wow, like talking about efficiency in terms of like uh, thinking really psychologically hard to get your attention locked like until something like ha- resolves into 10 seconds.
1: I kind of feel like that's what minimal techno is like It's it's trying like to keep your attention with something that's uh, and I, I feel like somebody who's really good at that is Boris Brescia, where you'll listen to his music and there won't be a lot going on, but it'll be just enough to keep you engaged in, and captured. And then he'll just do something for like, you know, five or six minutes. And then all of a sudden he'll, he'll introduce a melody or a, like a fill or some new element that like is even, it's just so, so intense because of like how simple all the preceding things have been before it. And I feel like that's something I've been bad at with music a lot is um, I'm really bad at sort of like putting all my cards on the table in like the first two seconds of the song (laughs) and just being like, here's literally every edit possible right now. And I'm not. Yeah, I need to. I think that's like some, some area where I could probably get better at songwriting, but I maybe fall a little bit susceptible to the trap of trying to engage people too quickly because I feel like I have to or something? I
0: think uh, we're just like going to like if you feel like that you're probably on the other side and you're just like going like I'm 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 always feeling like that as well like but like sometimes I feel I've done too much and sometimes I feel I've done too little so like I think all of this process in my thinking like goes in waves like from end to end so Boris like is like less is more which means he curates his sounds to the point that he reduces them to like some few most interesting stuff that can keep your attention quite locked. And then you have the other side is like more is more, which is absolutely cool for me because, like, like this is the IDM side, this is the uh, cyber neuro, this is like neurofunk in, in itself, like half step ish, dubstep and stuff but those two like what i found interesting like e- both idm and like drum and bass dubstep like in and, and the other side of the techno like both both can coexist in these two worlds like both have their qualities um to to be more and or to be less and to function absolutely brilliantly and properly but we we as humans like when you have these like thoughts about whether it's going to be interesting to someone or not it's it's a really like hard thing to discuss because like it's still again a kind of a individual experience and a taste preference so many times i thought like my intros were too long and 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 people would be like wow i really needed this in my life blah blah i'm blah. like why and like the intro is just you know i'm tired of slow intros so, like you have these puddles of opinions um, of people actually understanding your decisions, which also makes it easier but also harder <laughs> to realize whether you're making a, a, a good move or bad move, depending on how much tracks you treated the same way. But eventually, it comes down to your, you know, like, for example, every mix down of my track is different. I've started like really thinking about a routine thing at all because like I started thinking about their personalities uh, overall like a different painting if, if it's a different painting or different techniques I like that I'm gonna keep it that way till the end and see what happens or or, or or learn a lesson that it's a bad decision to make whatever it is it's really like it's you're you're getting um, you're getting experience out of it so like whether you like making a short intro or, or long intro it's just one one of the many things that you're gonna make you know like it's it's still there right right
1: yeah no I agree with that I think like um I've, I've messed around a little bit with that as well like maybe some tracks you're like oh this this feels specifically like it needs to be darker or less bright or more distorted and less clean than, say, some of my other tracks that may call for like a a cleaner, brighter, more traditional, uh, traditionally like perfect, in quotation marks, uh, mix down or production style or whatever. Um, Uh, For example,
0: example, you, um, you haven't done maybe something that you said like uh, when you mentioned Boris, but you've done something like absolutely crazy that like, I really liked. Uh, it was one of those like, ambiental stuff. Uh, you were experimenting with some like pads or drones, and and and, and, and that thing, man, uh, is on a repeat. Like whenever, like I was drawing several logos out, like while I was listening to that. So like there you have it. Like right, right. <laughs> so you have this in, but in, in like a, in interesting different moments, like you click on a different zone you're like okay i'm gonna make this and like you make quite a lot of interesting simple stuff as well
1: Mm. yeah i guess like just for for that that style of music i think has its own context in which you should listen to it Mm. like you wouldn't go to rampage and play that shit you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i tried with the outro like (laughs) kind of it kind of worked partially But people are waiting for for the actual like uh, kick and snare, <laughs> which th- which haven't happened.
1: <laughs> right. Well, cool, man. Um, well, I appreciate you doing this podcast. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about?
0: Well, uh, I had some kind of a thought about it was a, it was tied to the earlier um, earlier discussion about the AI. So I wanted to ask you, like, Mm. have you heard of any kind of like AI plugins?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I hear that term thrown around a bit and I don't I don't think it's actual AI. Mm. Uh, like I think people say that Acusonus Regroover thing that extracts stems or whatever is AI, and I think like that Deezer splitter thing claims to have some AI thing going on. But I I don't think it's AI in the sense that I generally think of AI.
0: Yeah, then yeah, I think they're built the same way. The Melodine, for example, is built to mm-hmm. actually extract like or like control the voices and put things into uh, stems and stuff. So, but yeah, I was thinking like, okay, this AI would be like you know, some kind of extra crazy, like generating capability we'll have we we'll have some crazy yeah this is an exciting like maybe we can conclude that we're living in a very exciting era as we talk our society is totally transforming because like we're learning more about self we're putting more effort we have found out we have more time for ourselves to learn things but at the same time also like you know trying to push something new uh, like and 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 the music industry itself we don't know what's going to happen next and how long it's going to be and what what with the festivals but like i know i know like every era of has its qualities in terms of music and visuals and this is going to be one of those so yeah
1: yeah man I agree. <coughs> well, cool, man. Um, yeah, thanks very much for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time. Cheers, man. Thanks for having me. For oh, sure. All right. Uh, have a good one. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. <laughs>